The PKD Black Box is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. This is the PKD Black Box, episode 28. Welcome back to the PKD Black Box. I'm your host, Sean Pryor. This week's episode, we bring the fun back, people. We're bringing it back. Um, Episode 27, we had to go to Real Talk for a moment, but now the fun is back. Um, Co-host Donnie Salvo returns as we talk comics, movies, uh, the movie industry. I also helped Donnie in the hopes of taking him to Comics Rehab to pull him off of uh, reading The Outsiders comic book by DC Comics. And I also get to talk about one of my favorite cartoons of all time, but you have to listen for that later. Before we go to that part of the show, earlier uh, this year, when 24 premiered, I did a um, retelling of the first four hours of 24 as told in the tweets of Julian Lytle, the artist from the webcomic smash and glyph nominated ants at ants.julianlytle.com. And that's ants with an S. Uh, Julian Lytle, L-Y-T-L-E dot com. Well, I promised to come back to that, and it had been a while, and now the season's over. I figured it was time that we go back to the world of 24 and tell you what happened the rest of the way. As only Julian Lytle can tweet it, and as only I can transcribe. So this is what we've done. We've got every episode up until basically we don't have five and six because Twitter kind of bitched out a little bit, but that's okay. It's free. This is what we expect. And we don't have episode 19. And we've already told you episodes one through four. So believe me, you will get enough, (laughs) enough 24 after hearing this uh, in the final season or as I like to call it, the final tweets of 24. I hope you enjoy this segment and have as much fun with it as I had with it. Enjoy. Showtime. 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. Jack is in sun all punk-ass bitches mode with the Russian. Fred is ready. Mystery Ink Steez. What is that Miss Pac-Man remix music when Jack was walking in? That one Russian dude is getting sunned by everyone. So, Starbucks X, Bizarro Austin Green, is an idiot. And his boy just sunned him. Her ex, her ex ain't no gangster, not like Vlad. There's got to be more to the Russian gangster family plot. It's the most boring part of the season. You'd think that after the dirty bomb that went off in LA on 24 a couple of seasons ago, it would be hard to get nuke material in America. Bizarro Brian Austin Green sure is in it now. Him and his crazy homeboy, so full of fail. President Game Show host family and political issues is a slow point now. God damn, she ain't going to take it anymore. Vlad, hold that, son. One smack and punch too many. Vlad is leaking like a pipe. Oh, man. Lady Jack, pay attention. Don't cut our big homie Jack. She's so defeated right now. Post-Berserker rage. Jack is the toughest dude on TV. Bodied the punk Russian dude with the knife that was in his belly. Tough. Jack don't even feel the pain. Son! Jack is leaking, but he's acting like nothing happened. Lady Jack all messed up. She's still green, Jack. Still green. Damn, Jack took one for the team. 
Man, Fred has been driving the new mystery machine to Jack's location for the whole show. Fred's slow. The Russians are using the sewers like they're the Morlocks. Ha! Always have a respect for the Russians. Jack is solo dolo. Poor Fred is lost. Oh, snap! Jack getting tied up like Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon 1 next week! Yo, I hope they get that long-haired Asian dude to do it. 11 p.m. to 12 a.m. More Starbuck Bizarro Brian Austin Green storyline. What up with Jack and his stomach wound? Where's Lady Jack? Old Russian ain't about to be played by Jack. He sniffs out narcs. He's super tough. Shot his son, man. Cold as Russian winter. Man, they got Jack hanging like Martin Riggs in Lethal Weapon 1. Dang Russians are biting 80s classics. Will Jack hit the Mel Kirk out? Dang, the young Russian got trill on little Arab homie. Was it me? Or was the Lady Jack and Chloe scene like a 24 version of a Lifetime movie? Wow. Jack got asked, Who are you working for? My man Jack. He went all lethal weapon on dude. Oh, and he's barefoot? Straight die hard. Let's go! President Game Show host is about to Kirk out. My man paranoid like Scarface. Jack had to get super thug on torture dude. His torture food wasn't strong enough. Dang, Jack is racking up bodies. Call him Splinter Cell Jack. Take that, take that, take that. Old Russian got the cacao for that ass. But Jack got the burner and a table. Hold that old dude. TLC, baby. Man, Lady Jack looks like a lovesick puppy. Old Russian making a deal like Nicky Barnes. Jack knows old Russian ain't soft. He did 12 in a Russian labor camp. He's a boss. He talks to the POTUS. Man, Fred is about to be pulled in this BS plot. I like him as Jack's sidekick. Cute to do from Star Wars. It's a trap! These young cats this season is all about screwing over the old heads. 12 a.m. to 1 a.m. Old Russian sounds so shook. Getting hit with a table would do that to you. Joseph got dealt with like the end of warning. Man, the new chief of staff sucks this season. My man Fred is about to be caught up in on this BS Starbuck plot. Maybe Bizarro O'Brien Austin Green will get shot. Well, game show host president's little brother just went straight terrorist mode. Oh my. Jack chopped dude in the neck. Choked the justice lady out. Jack is on a rampage this hour. Ha <laughs> ha! President game show host little bro is snitching. He's scurred. Starbuck plot is so wasteful. Dang. Fred is sounding real tough. Fred told the bearded man to hold that Scooby-Doo. Take that, take that, take that. <laughs> 1 a.m. to 2 a.m. This episode is crazy. We have some old Prince of Persia escape, then Fred and Starbuck cleaning up bodies like Pulp Fiction. Oh, my man Farad is in Forest Hills. Can we get a Spidey Bauer team up? Ditko Spidey at that. The Small Eyes Spidey. Nukes and Queens! Cough up them files, dog, or she's gonna bring out the big Megatron gap for your whole country. I would have waited an eternity for this. Don't pull that thing out unless you plan to bang. President Game Show host is real shook now. Farad should have listened to Killer Cam. Stop snitching movement wins again. Curses for Team Bauer. When a black dude tells you to sit, you sit! Come on, Fox has the Fantastic Four license. It's time to call Reed Richards for help, Madam President. 
no trash bags or rocks? They just put bodies out there in the water? Man, Marcellus Wallace wouldn't call them for cleanup. What? They got a token white terrorist? Goatee Man built a serious team. I hope CTU puts the kid's mama in holding. Jack and Lady Jack getting all emotional on the phone. Uh-oh, the rookie CTU versus rookie token terrorist. Cutie octopus dude from Star Wars again. It's a trap! Token white terrorist, you fell for rookies uncontrollable shaking and sweating. President Game Show host just won his wife back with his self-sacrifice power. Dang, Token is a human bomb. Huh? Token must have AT&T the way his GSM cut out. Token jumped out the window. Jack Bauer has some parkour skills. Goatee is going to talk someone into setting off the bomb. 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. I wonder what will happen with the Token terrorist. Oh, Starbuck and Fred are back. I hope this plot will be over soon. Ha, <laughs> Starbuck! Now Chloe is the boss. Better act right, girly. I shall now call Hastings by his black dynamite name. Chicago Wind. Chicago Wind. Head of CTU. I like how Chloe is trying to bond with Starbuck. Man, Token, Jack knows you half Arab with no Arab money. You're from Harlem. Man, he's real salty because he can't get dipset. Dang gone world is going crazy, and these two are on the marathon smash mode. Get this lady some Mr. Softy. She needs a pick-me-up, or at least some Junior's Cheesecake. It's good to see Fred back on the job and out of that whack storyline. Busted in on old white ladies' homes with a bunch of narcs. Special Agent Chicago Wynn giving Starbuck that real talk. Wasn't this guy on Pushing Daisies? Yes, Fred, stay out of the whack storyline. Roll with Jack and the Rookie. The whack storyline is a black hole of whacktacularness. Token's mama's schooling her boy. Straight Oprah moment. Jack on some terrorist rehab Dr. Drew mess. Everything Chloe says to anyone, but Jack is underlined with, you're stupid. Jack is so tough. On some, I'm gonna kill your mama, son. This is so hard, Batman would sit back and throw his hands up. Only in 24 does the hero hold the villain's family hostage. Oh, damn. Token blew up! Jack caught all that in the face. Oh, President Game Show host daughter is in some deep doo-doo. Tyrin is a bad guy, honey. And President Game Show host hair is so serious. Puts all of the Jersey Shore to shame. Yo, Starbuck, my man's won a stapler. Fred is goalie again. And Chloe is holding down the base with Chicago win. 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. Man, Tyrant plays CTU and Jack Easy Breezy. Jack got that super hate now. First Lady Game Show host needs to chill on my man Jack. Princess Game Show is in the worst situation. Man, what is this File 33 got dudes choking girls for? How is Taryn going to feel sorry now? You gotta go through with it now, buddy. Dang, Office Space wants a 100 gig thumb drive? Shoot, let me get one too. How my man Taran have a face turn, then gets capped like a pen, face in the streets, bleeding out. Princess pushing that car like peach. The terrorists use a bank. I wonder if it was the empty bank from the end of Harlem Nights where they left that dirty cop. Chicago wind looks so stressed. Starbuck was finally useful. What? Taran pulled a Jim Gordon and faked his death? An EMP? What is this, the fracking matrix? Denial is the most predictable of all human responses. 4 a.m. to 5 a.m. CTU looking like the doc in Matrix Revolutions. Damn.
Bad day for Agent Chicago win. You better act right, princess. Your man played you like Guitar Hero. Tarin is the evil Saeed. So wait, 24 is telling us that iPhone has bad service in NYC because it's terrorists? They must be stopped. I like how Chloe told Starbuck to back up out of her airspace. NSA dude is shaking things up. Oh man, Chloe had to call up Lady Jack to go help Jack and Fred. Lady Jack just gave Chloe a plus three to courage. Give that man a stapler, Starbuck. Chloe pulled out the gat on old whole boy. Jack will be proud. That dumb agent never saw 300 or read a history book. Don't break the phonix. Dang dumb agent. Got Rook shot at. Pour one out for the Rook. Jack and Fred shall soon enter fury mode. I like how such crazy chaos. I like how crazy chaos days can somehow fix a troubled marriage. Dang, that was quick for Chicago win. Had to tell NSA to shut up. Man, how come people in 24 don't read files? How many end of the world days has she been through now? Like six? If there's another season of 24, I want Fred back. Oh dang, Jack took two to the chest. Yes for the vest and yes for Lady Jack. What is Starbuck going to do? Dang, Starbuck, really? Is that serious? I didn't expect that at all, Starbuck. Take that, take that, take that. 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. Damn you, evil Starbuck, and you're snitching to the terrorist. I hope Fred bodies you. Chicago Wind's about to get chewed out. Man, the Prez is calling Jack direct. No middleman. Jack is getting called on like he's Cap. Lady Jack gave Jack the look and straight added herself to his party. What? The terrorists are keeping radioactive materials in a chop shop? Now that is gangster. Man, they want to hang President Game Show host out to dry. These people in 24 don't know America doesn't negotiate with terrorists. President had to get all queen bitch on them fools. Queen bitch. Man, chief of staff don't listen to the general. You'll lose and take the fall, little homie. How in the world can a U.S. general fake on Jack Bauer? He saved the country seven times before. Like, really? Really? President's homie is standing tall, trying to teach the youth. Oh, man, Ethan is getting a heart attack. They doing my man Ethan wrong. Let him just sit there and die like that. Jack and Lady Jack are ready for anything. Bauer smells something fishy, dude. My man Ethan has Jack's number like they are people's. You did not just hang up on Jack Bauer. No, you didn't. You better act right, little homie. Now Jack has to fight his own people. This woman is go hard. Was she talking into her watch like Dick Tracy? Did she just roll up on these army cats with a handgun? What? She's hard body. No, Jack did not just give President Game Show host a gat. He just joined the party. Jack and Lady Jack are doing good work. They were on some Call of Duty-ish right there. Jack spared one American soldier and told him to act right. He's about to chirp the president. My Turin is going to betray his boy, but still die next episode. Watch. Atomic explosions turns everyone soft. 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. My man President Game Show went gangster and knocked Jack upside the head. Go hard heroic suicide. Even had to push his wife. Well, actually shut off the bomb, huh? That's nice of him. Why was Jack talking to the president like Puff was to Big in the warning video? Damn, why they trying to stick me for my orders? Damn, why they trying to stick me for my orders? 
This president has bad luck with chiefs of staff. I have a feeling that ain't the real bomb, and them dudes got played. My man Fred is back in the show. My man Taran is salty. He gets the You Mad award of the episode. Lady Jack got the POTUS cosine of awesomeness. Level up! Is Jack trying to go Smokey and the Bandit in the Hyundai? Creepy Geek CTU guy got the lucky Chloe nagging save. Dang, Taran is tough. Gave present game show host to Arab Nicki Minaj in the garage. Let's go! Man, Russians again! Yo, Starbuck flipped on them decoy octopus style. Fred is kirking out. My man Fred yanked her out of the car by her hair. Using Ike Turner techniques for good, not evil. I like how my man Jack gave Fred the cosign. Jack is in 50% interrogation mode. Only choke-ups allowed. The head terror dude is really mad at President Game Show host. It ain't 24 without some torture in it. Also, for some reason, this episode reminds me of Gundam storylines. Ethan is mad strong. He's already talking after that super heart attack and no medical attention. My friend is so mad because Starbuck betrayed him. He put a ring on it and she's a terrorist traitor. Dang, homie. Give him a red lantern ring. Present game show host is a champ. Soaking up mad taste zaps. The big bad got the terrorist ski mask way started. Ruh-roh. Dang, Chloe can tell how hot the light is in a room through a computer screen? Can a person really do that? Let the bodies hit the floor. Dang, Jack is hemming up women and kids. Old school Jack style. Oh dang, that was Arab Nicki Minaj. And they did the whole thing on tape delay. Poor president game show host. Jack is lost. It's on now, terrorists. It's on. 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. I ain't used to seeing Jack kicking rocks. Dang, homie. Lex Luthor Russian is shady. I knew the Russians were dirty. Now they're going to cause Jack to berserker rage. President Taylor is about to ask Mrs. Game Show host to warm it up. They're about to be on some political birds of prey-ish. Oh, damn. Chloe is going to be the head of CTU. She got the keys to the castle. Dang. Chicago Wind got defeated. Man, Jack and Lady Jack got domestic real quick. That's a Lost Boys game right there. Note. Russians ain't never scurred. Ever. Ethan had the fastest heart attack recovery ever. And oh, snazap, Logan is back. So the IRK baddies are the evil Africans this year that are just tools for a bigger bad. Ah, Shady Logan, it's good to have you back. He's slicker than oil. Logan is so slick, he could game airy gold. Dang, Lady Jack is answering Jack's phone and got shot. Jack can't live, people. Why can't Jack live? Jack can't get a happy ending. No shoes on like John McClane. Berserker rage will happen soon. I expect ripped out body parts. I'm talking James Howlett level kills. Jack Bauer of Earth, you have great rage. 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. My man Jack went all Liberty City on CTU and jacked, no pun intended, a helicopter. He's so thorough. New album by Jack Bauer, Kill Russians or Die Trying. Even Ethan knows there's no stopping Jack. Peace be damned. Man, why does she ever listen to Logan? He snitched out Jack. She's slacking. Man, even Esau and Lost ain't got nothing on President Logan and his silver tongue on 24. Uh-oh, the return of the PMC. Man, I want one of them when I grow up. So, in 24 history, the only not dirty presidents were the Palmers. What? Mr. Blue knows Jack Bauer. So Jack is working like he's in the Barksdale organization. 
Spawn's homeboy is evil. And Bill's brother didn't die from a snake bite. Buck. Starbuck is scared. Ain't no such things as halfway crooks. My bad. I had the wrong color. It's Mr. Blonde, a.k.a. Bud. I'm all messed up tonight. See all the times he died? Jack came and saved him. Ethan with the real talk. Ethan can't co-sign this. Can't mess up his international credit. He's throwing up deuces. Jack listening to Admiral Akbar. It's a trap! Man, he's using Fred to lie to Chloe. Jack is on point tonight. Man, Jack converted Fred. This is like a Batman comic. I want to see Ethan and Logan throw hands. Don't be scared now, Starbuck. You wasn't scared when you bodied off the space. Well, we all know how this is going to fall out. No peace because President lied to Queen Game Show about the Russians. Russia wins. 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Like a Pokemon, she evolves. Queen Game Show host becomes new President Game Show host. Dang, President Logan is always evil. I love how in the 24 universe, every, everyone has a little Cheney in them because only Fox News is on. Yo, real talk, waterboarding looks terrible. If you say that ain't torture, then you're part Romulan or something. Wow. Jack is straight murking fools left and right. Take that, take that, take that. Kind of like sneaking up in Metal Gear games. Hold that grenade! Chloe's face when she found out she got Batman was hilarious. Fred threw Jack Bauer on the ground. He's an adult! Oh man, Logan playing off getting hung up is too funny. Like sitcom funny. Thank you, 24, for adding a little bit of funny to this dark episode. Man, Bauer versus Russia. I guess they didn't get the memo that earlier today Jack hit a Russian gangster with a whole dinner table. I must say, Starbuck by far has had the most surprises this season. Flare grenade with Gat in bank safe deposit box? Yeah, that chick bad. Jack Bauer invoked the tagline of Gurren Logan and shot a cop in his pinky toe like Della Reese. Now that's how you do it, DC Comics. 24 just told your Green Arrow story a bazillion times better. Only four hours of 24 left, y'all. At least my Facebook friends will be happy. 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Of course Mr. Blonde can stand up to Jack. He's a beast like that. Whoa. Original President's game show host jump off his back. She ain't been around in years. Poor Fred. He's locked up. They won't let him out. Fred passes the stop snitching movement test. He's a real G now. A gangster for America's safety. Man, Logan is so extra dirty. Like he's Swamp Thing mixed with Sandman dirty. Man, if Sprint was this good, everybody would be on it. Fred is so disillusioned. He just don't care. Man, Logan doesn't care about the fourth estate at all. Sent the Russian on a reporter. Where's Superman at? New president game show host looks so happy. Miss president looks so guilty and salty. Logan is getting that arrogant again. That equals fail, soon. The Russians are confused by the awesomeness of American shopping, while Mr. Blonde solid snakes the sniper. Take that. I can't believe Jack had a tombstone shootout in a Macy's-like store. He's in full I don't give a fuck mode right now. Bauer just Batmans you again, Logan. Jack is about to go all Cobra on this dude. Torture. Torture. You just messed up, Russian dude. Hold that epic level, over 9,000 headbutt. In other words, Who are you working for? Now you're thinking, Jack. Wow. He's gotten this man for a SIM card. If this was a Bioware game, he's on full dark now. Jack was straight up surprised. Like I thought this season was over. Now will he torture Logan? He does deserve it. 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. 
My man Logan getting all draped up watching that faux news. His number two calling in like Major Blood, the Cobra Commander. Hey, Jack, it's the Patriots. Metal Gear Jack Bauer 8, Russian Winter. The corruption of President Taylor is a really good character arc in this last season. Logan has super pimp game. Chloe is so ride or die. Every dude needs a Chloe if they hope to fight terror. Man, Mr. Blonde can feel the heat coming around the corner. Jack did the ill cyber dap and is ready to go Old Testament on Logan. Man, President Taylor is losing all her homies' trust. Messing with the press is a bad look. Man, I don't believe a Russian would be on the phone all shook. Pine Barrens, people. Pine Barrens. I want Jack's killer suit, like yesterday. Now, Logan being a shook one is believable. I bet he did a number one and two on himself. The demon hockey mask is so on point. Just so everyone knows, that scene was the best Punisher movie ever. And Logan fails to stop snitching test. He spilled like milk. Oh, Snizap! Jack put Logan in the million dollar dream. Setting up the million dollar dream. Night, night. The newspaper editor is straight ride or die too, Perry White style. Fred is out of lockup. Free man status. Gotta get blonde like white. Dang, the driver ain't hard at all. Just talked. Uh-oh. Jack is leaking with only 15 minutes left tonight. Fred is tough. I like Fred. Give him a show. And the treaty begins to fall apart. Man, Logan looking like Vince after a stone cold match. The reporter got got by the popo. Jack's rampage was so serious we couldn't even see it. Damn. And the Russian president drops the science. Wounded Jack is dangerous over 9,000. Mr. President, Novakovich is dead. You're snitching. Killed him. Jack didn't even stop to fix up his wound. Jack Bauer is Bush era. 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. The last Jack Bauer power hours begin now. Fred ain't scared. He's ready. Go hard mode. On. Mr. Blonde was in Damascus? Maybe when he was away from his older brother and after his brother Vincent died. Nice Wall Street Journal plug in the scene, Fox. Logan, stay snitching, don't he? Jack Bauer fact number 1,500. He's so gangster, he bugs the government that's bugging us. President Taylor got that Atlas holding the Earth guilt now. She should have never messed with Logan. Chloe is going to hack the planet. Wow. Jack Bauer is forcing this man to stitch him up. The bitch came up out that dude quick fast. The bitch assness came up out of him like the BP oil spill. New President Game Show is getting tough on Taylor. Don't betray Arabs and have a healthy fear of Russians. This is what we have learned from 24. Oh man, President Taylor went all Dick Cheney on this woman. New President Game Show host was not going to be Ike Turner by Taylor. No, no, no. She's a G. Jack had a serious backpack. Man-sized on his back. With blood on his hands, literally. Tough. Ooh-wee! New President Game Show host is mad. About to be about the big cat. Chloe on a sneaking mission. Jack, MMS, and Kim, I bet on that Sprint 4G network. She looked ready to cut up somebody in that piece. Why is the Prince of Soul Glow here? Oh my. Oh my! Jack put Chloe in the million dollar dream! Don't fight it! Don't fight it. Night, night. Russians are mad dirty in this joint. More Logan bitch assness is starting. Logan is so scared. Damn, Jack is hardcore. Logan's man stay being annoying. Jack didn't hit him hard enough. Dummy ain't check her phone. Lame-o. 
OMG. He just Mike Tyson that dude. Team Jack is defeated. Man, Logan is so slimy. Ben and Esau could learn from him on being bad. He's so bad that Joker wouldn't like him. Nor Rita Repulsa. I wonder if President Taylor used QuickTime or VLC to watch that. It's too early to be sipping on the, on the yak, Logan. Too early, dog. You know Taylor is going to do the right thing after seeing the Jack vid. Taylor is hustling to save Jack. Oh, noes. Cobra got Jack Bauer. Oh, boy, done gave up like the Cavs. Now, this is crazy. Logan is going straight out. No one takes him alive. He gets no schools named after him or quarter. Will this last 30 minutes all be set up for the movie? Even with handcuffs on, he can kick ass. Taylor straight mom, this dude. They are like the American Bond and M. Jack got run like Ghostface and Jadakiss. All real dudes need a Chloe in their lives. So that's it. Jack leaves to save the day in a movie. It was fun, Jack Bauer. We've been tight since college, dog. Fighting terror was great. And that concludes the rest of the season of 24, as told in the tweets of Julian Lytle. Uh, <laughs> I thank Julian for posting his commentary on 24. Definitely made it hella entertaining and much better to read than to actually watch this season. It has some high moments, many lows, but um, Julian has always found a way to make many things entertaining. So peace to him and props to him. Thank you, brother. Oh, we have a, a tweet from from Ziggo, and it says, "Are you guys ever going to re review the live action GI Joe movie? You should." That's what he said. Yes, we will review it. We will we will review it eventually. <laughs> I think one day what might happen is is that Donnie and I we are going to have just a movie episode where we just talk about some movies that we've watched. We'll just discuss it like we discuss comics and toys and and video games and, and whatever else we discuss. We'll have one of those just open sessions. Um, it won't be this episode, but we will discuss it soon. We've probably been talking about that for like a year now. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, but we will. it is on the to-do list, I, I promise you. Uh, Trusty Mutsy, Harold, a.k.a. Harold from GeekSyndicateComic.com. He is the artist of the Geek Syndicate webcomic. He asks us the following. Discuss Captain America's amazing ability to say a dictionary's worth of dialogue while doing one backflip when Byrne writes him. <laughs> you know what? I've, that, that's just Cap, man. That's just Cap. Mm -hmm. Cap's the only person I know that can perform a filibuster and whoop bat rock at the same time. I, it just can't, it cannot be explained. Don't try. You will just make you know, blood vessels in your brain pop. And and just for the record, it's not just Burn. Mm -hmm. I've got some old school Avengers issues where he's training people in their quote unquote danger room type facility. Yes, and that fool is just going through every single technique while he's doing it. Oh, and don't let Roger Stern do it. <laughs> Roger Stern will. Roger Stern was able to make Cap read the Constitution, <laughs> kick Baron Zemo in the face. And then go fight, and then go fight the Red Ghost. I don't know how he was able to do that, and at the same time, not even take a breath. It is, it amazes me. It, that was part of the Super Soldier Serum. I guess so, because that man can talk. <laughs> um, also, uh, Trusty Mutsy, aka Harold Jennett, also says, "I also hereby make you both honorary Ultra friends." 
Um, oh, that's cool. Yes, Harold Janet is also the co-host of the podcast Ultra Friends Go, which um, stars himself along with the artist Dean Stahl. It's just a fun little podcast. They talk about comics and, and movies and you know, pop culture items. It's just it's just all in all good fun. Definitely check them out. Ultra Friends Go. Let's see what else we got here on the uh, on the Twitter feeds. The Uncanny Kev asks ask me um, what characters other than your own would you kill to write. Keep up the great work, dude. Thanks, SP. Oh, hey, you're welcome, man. Hey, we do what we can here. We definitely do what we can. And thank you for the question. I, to be honest with you, because of my love for cartoons and comics, I joke about this. And I mean, I joke about this all the time. And I'm actually going to talk about one of these cartoons later on in this recording. I would love, love to take about 70% of the Ruby Spears, Ruby Spears cartoons that came out in the, in the, in the early 80s even to the late 80s, and put them all in one universe, with the exception of Thundar, because that takes place in the future, and just make a comic book universe of those heroes and heroines, period. I think I would, I would have so much fun with that, and there's so many stories that, need, that can be told. You know, the Marvel and DC stuff, that's cool. I, you, know, every, you know, so many people shoot for that, but you know me, I always think outside of the box. Because with like a lot of that Ruby Spear stuff, like the Centurions, um, let's see, or Thunder of the Barbarian. Thunder, Thunder of the Barbarian only had 13 episodes ever made. There are yeah. so, there are so many stories that could be told from that. Hell, I even take a uh, Chuck Norris Karate Commandos book. Anyway, although Marvel did do one, Star Under Star Comics, no lie. Yes, they did. No lie. I just find that stuff to be fun and entertaining for all ages, and even stuff. Like, let's say, for instance, like stuff like live action TV shows like Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. Um, I thought that stuff was cool. I would love to write a He-Man comic. Honestly, um, I would I would really, really love to write a He-Man comic. Now, if we go to like the like the big two, if we go to Marvel and DC, Black Panther, Blade, that stuff would really excite me and get me hype. A low key Avengers team, not low key, but a low key Avengers team. Like I like writing B and C characters. Because a great writer can make a B and C character into an A character anytime. So, You'd be the only dude that would be like going up to uh, to Joe Quesada and be like, you know what we need? We need a mini series of the Avengers team with the jackets. Yes. I'm bringing back the jackets. <laughs> I'm bringing back the team jackets with, with the A on them. We're going to get the team jackets with the A on them. Uh, I might even give them a nice pair of corduroys. I don't even know. But that's how we're doing it. Hank, Hank Pym is getting corduroys, son. <laughs> Hank Pym is getting the corduroys. Please and believe. There, and there's the title for this episode. <laughs> Hank Pym is <laughs> corduroys. <laughs> oh, and we're going to have a big-ass A on the Quinjet so people know it's the Avengers. Which is, You have to. Yes, it, it, it's necessary. But, but no, in all, in all seriousness, because of my love and affection for cartoons and all the stories for some of my favorite cartoons, or even cartoons I thought were okay, but with better storytelling can make for great comics, I would like to venture into that territory. If I ever had the opportunity to write a War Machine, War Machine, um, Black Panther, Blade, Captain Britain, um, Excalibur, or on, like on the DC side, um, uh, let's say, for instance, uh, Power Girl, so, so basically, you just want to write shit that's going to get canceled. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but see, Power Girl isn't getting canceled, man. I, I think Palmiotti and Gray, even Palmiotti, Gray, and Connor, even though they're not on the book anymore, they've done such a great job on that book. I think that book will still sell decently. Uh, for the first few issues, maybe. I, I have it pre-ordered, but I, I'm on the fence. Like, I don't know. I think Winnick will do a, will do a good job with that. 
I think writing Green Lantern would be fantastic. There's there's so many things. I mean, even like Dark Horse stuff, even though they're not really doing Star Wars books anymore. I mean, they are, but they're, you know, because they're treading so much into getting so closer to all the movies with all the stuff they've written. I don't know if you can do any more Star Wars stuff, but like they have Star Wars adventure books. I would love to write one of those. It's it's endless. I would like to stick with the cartoon stuff because I think that great stories can be told from that and that can be passed on from generation to generation to generation. So that's just me. As of this moment, we have no other questions, but I thank you to those who have used the power of Twitter to submit questions to us. And this is something new. We're going to do this every now and then to see, you know, just see how it works. And um, thank you. All right, man, we're going to get this started, homie. Sure. All right. I tell you what, I think you should go first because first off, it's been a while since we've done this. Yes. And it's it's been a while and I've missed this. I'm going to let you start this party. Um, what you want to talk about? Well, first off. As everyone knows who follows me on the Facebook and the Twitter, I did get Classic G.I. Joe Volume 8. Oh, boy. <laughs> I read it. I loved it. There's even an old Dreadnoughts issue in here, which is awesome. But I just wanted to tell you the very last issue in this trade is G.I. Joe number 80, late November. I didn't remember this came out twice a month. Wow. Marvel went crazy around that time with that shit man because they did it with wolverine they did it all the time and it was the first mission of the new joes and who better to train the new joes than outback <laughs> oh did he have the hat on no he had the sweatband oh it ain't outback without the sweatband okay no no i'm getting him confused with uh oh What's his name? The Australian dude. I can never remember his name. Okay, so it was Outback with the headband, and did he have like the white T-shirt? You, yes, and it said survival on it. Yes, like okay. He for, like he forgot what he does. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. What do I do again? Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's him and Ripcord. Okay. Here is the here are the new Joes that they're they're sending on their very first mission. Char broiled. What? Char broiled. <laughs> Hardball. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's right. He's there. Muskrat, which is basically... See, this is what cracks me up because um, Hardball is, as sad as it is, he's original. Mm-hmm. Char- Charbroiled is barbecue. Okay. Right? I mean, that's all he is. Muskrat is tunnel rat. It's pretty much the same character. They just changed the... And who's the other dude? Oh, your friend and mine, Hit and Run. No, they did not put him in the comic. He's right here. That's an, aff- that's an affirmative hit and run. Outback, you have the floor. I look like Bob Seger. That's what he said. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> but this is, this is a fantastic. I, I mean, I go on and on and on and on and on about this, about this book, but there's a reason for it. I mean, this is crazy. Firefly and Dr. Mindbender. <laughs> there's a new island that's forming near Cobra Island. It's just just for the hell of it. I don't I don't even remember why, but there's a new landform forming in <laughs> in near Cobra Island, All right. and the Joes are trying to lay claim to it, and so is Cobra. And Cobra has Doctor Mindbender, who has the worst supervillain costume ever. 
Hey, man, that's classic 70s disco right there, dog. With the eye patch, no less. No, he had the monocle. Oh, that's okay. You're right. You're right. My bad. <laughs> See, there are too many. Like, Cobra's got, like, a lot of cats with eye patches and monocles, man. I, I kind of get lost sometimes. Major Blood had the eye patch, right? Yes, sir. I should be ashamed of myself to get that mixed up. That's I, okay. My, my, my Joe card is going to be revoked. I love Joe. I shouldn't remember the monocle from the eye patch. <laughs> go ahead. If, go go ahead. If Firefly's trying to get in it back into the good graces of Cobra Commander, even though it's not the real Cobra Commander. And Firefly's a dude that kind of looks like a combination of a ninja and beachhead. Yeah, in, cam- in, in gray and black camouflage. Well, at least he's in camouflage, okay? See, that is passable. He's not a neon ninja. That's passable. I'm, I'm down. Okay, please, I'm sorry. Continue. So basically, they're fighting over a landmass that, uh, that hasn't even formed yet. So they're, they're literally trying to land on a, uh, a mountain of molten lava, pretty much, and uh, hijinks ensue. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the, uh, the, what do you call it, the all... <laughs> the all um, uh, dreadnought issue was awesome. You have Ripper, Torch, Buzzer, um, Zanzibar, <laughs> <laughs> Monkey Wrench, and Thrasher, and uh, Zartan's in it for a minute, and um, and Xandar and Zarana. Now, this is what cracks me up, dude. Do you know what um, Xandar and Zarana do to earn extra money on the side? What's that, sir? They run pyramid, pyramid schemes at, at Holiday Inns, dude. What? I'm not making that up, dude. There's there's an actual picture of Xandar in a pinstripe suit, still wearing the Indian makeup on his face with a blue headband and, a, and, <laughs> and his pink hair. That is awful. And then his sister got a business suit on, but she just got the pink hair. So, she, yeah. <laughs> uh, insane. Utterly freaking insane. But this, yeah, this is good. This is a, um, this is a good, uh, this is a good trade. It even has Crockmaster in it. Oh, that, see, that's cool. That's only cool. for a minute, though. Even though I couldn't tell the difference between uh, Crockmaster and Big Boa. Yeah, they're pretty much the same guy, but Big Boa had um, Big Boa had boxing gloves because he trained the Cobra Troopers. Yeah, man, but the problem is, is that the action figure you couldn't I take see the- no problems. Oh, what? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you you couldn't take the gloves off the action figure, so how is he supposed to fight in a gunfight? He didn't have to. He just punched people. <laughs> I knew that'd be your answer. Well, it's <laughs> the truth. Why you always gotta get go deeper in the shit? The fool had boxing gloves on, so he punch people that's it that's all you gotta know maybe maybe oh <laughs> i got it what's that maybe his boxing gloves had a small caliber pistol built into it like stallone did in assassins with the uh with the cast at the funeral i first off i i, I want now see now i'm ashamed of you no, you're not. No, because I went. I went to go see that movie too, twice. Yeah, um, that's right. You know, it it was better than the movie where he was that um, bomb detonator expert with Sharon Stone. Oh yeah, the specialist. Yeah, I had dreams that were better than that movie. And, and uh, James Woods was the bad guy. That movie is just all fuck terrible. Yep. 
that movie is just bad. Oh, so bad. But anyway, anyway, see once <laughs> they again. said to James Woods in that movie, they're like, act like Dennis Hopper in Speed. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's terrible. <laughs> Dennis Hopper was good in it. Okay, the next issue I want to talk about that I have is Outsiders number 30, written by Dan DiDio. And uh, penciler is Philip Tan. Now, now, before you get started, how is the Philip Tan artwork? It's okay in spots, but Alfred looks like... There's a picture in here of Alfred on... uh, Black Lightning's talking to Alfred on a view screen, and that is not Alfred. Number one, he's got a full head of hair. And, and he looks like a young Pat Morita. <laughs> oh, jeez. And, and, and the whole thing, number one, Dan DiDio, all right, how are you going to be co-publisher of DC Comics and then your book gets resolicited because it's late? Ooh. Now, see, that's rough. The only two books that were resolicited from DC Comics was Kevin Smith's book, the Batman miniseries, mm-hmm. and Dan DiDio's book. If wow. you got too much responsibility, you can stop writing The Outsiders. It's okay. I guarantee you everybody who buys The Outsiders, which is pretty much just me right now, it's okay. You can let it go. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, Geoforce. Is friends with the Eradicator clone, and they decided to form an alliance with New Krypton. But now, the world, the war of Superman happened, and New Krypton declared war on Earth. But because the Eradicator did a photo op with all the outsiders, the ones that left Black Lightning, Metamorpho, and Owl uh, Man, yes, they're in U.S. airspace. And they're getting they're getting shot at. So then, they're on the they're on the phone with Alfred, aka Pat Morita, and he says, "I've used all my political, all all of Bruce Wayne's political connections, but I, you're you're known as enemies of the United States now. You're going to be criminals of war and all this stuff." Number one, why would Bruce Wayne's butler call up politicians and try and get the outsiders pardoned? Look, I'm no look. I'm no Geraldo, okay. But I'm going to tell you right now. I could put two and two together and say, well, maybe Bruce Wayne is Batman because Batman used to hang out with the Outsiders. Yes. Or maybe one of the Outsiders is Bruce Wayne. So who do they call? Go ahead. Who could help them? Who's the only person the Outsiders call that that can help them? Um, let's see. Katana. No, she's on Geoforce's side. Okay. Uh, let's see. This, this is what cracked me up. Katana stayed with Geoforce, and the Eradicator are in Markovia. Or, or no, that's a law firm. You know what I'm talking about. That <laughs> right. Country, right. Right. Oh, no, it is Markovia. Oh, yeah. And it is a law firm. How about that? <laughs> but the Creeper was on the team. I have no fucking clue where he is, dude. I don't even know what happened to him. Okay. He said something about trying to get rid of the Creeper thing, and then I haven't seen him. So as far as I know, he's still at a cafe someplace in Markovia. They call Simon Stagg. And who is Simon Stagg, sir? Simon Stagg is Metamorpho's father-in-law that keeps trying to kill him every week. But, but why would you call him if... Because he's the only one that could, could clear 30, 300 and something miles of airspace for them to land. But 
Simon Stagg has a brand new bodyguard. He still has that ape dude, but he's got a brand new one named, I can't even say it out loud, but I'm going to, named Freight Train. Now, see, that sounds like a member of G.I. Joe. They should be, right? Yes. Somewhere Larry Hama's going, shit, I should have thought of that. Anyway, <laughs> and on the, he, he made the cover, and it says, Outsiders, here comes Freight Train. More powerful than a locomotive. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. And it said, will he save the team or destroy them? And I, I say to this to you, sir, Mr. Dandadio, Freight Train does not have to because you already did. <laughs> How many times? Seriously, 30 issues of the third series in four years. How many times are they going to knock this team down and put them back together again? But it's like a, it's, it's like a train wreck, dude. No pun intended. I can't stop. I want to stop buying it, but I can't because I want to see. And I like Dan DiDio so much that I'm like, he's going to get it right now. This issue is going to, 31 is when he's going to get it right. But you know what happens? 31 comes in the mail and he don't get it right. You sometimes, Donnie, you just got to let it go, player. I can't. Because then at the end, dude, at the end, this this was kind of cool. And this is what made me want to, uh, look, the, the, the ape dude Java that was the uh, that was that was Stag's original bodyguard. Number one, Philip Tan uh, makes him look like Peter Lorre. Okay, he don't make him look like a anyway. But he's got the orb of Ra, and even Metamorpho says, "Java, what are you doing? Are you out of your mind? The orb has the power to kill me. This fool's been trying to kill you for for sixty years." Well, anyway, he straps the orb to Metamorpho's chest, ties him up, and then he throws him into a big vat of chemicals. You know what the chemicals are? Chemo. So now we have Metamorpho Camo. Well, no, he's just he's just floating in in the chem, in in Camo. Camo is in the vat. So Camo's in the vat, but now Metamorpho is inside of Camo. Right. With the because orb. they threw Metamorpho in the vat with which, the, with, it, with the orb. Hang on, let me see if the orb. I don't think the orb is on him. Okay. No. Oh, okay, okay. In this panel here, the orb is actually wrapped in a blanket on the side. That's right. I said it. it's wrapped in a blanket on the side. <laughs> Okay. Camo is one of my favorite villains because it makes no sense. No, and it's not supposed to. Sometimes comics are not supposed to make sense. Well, then there you go. Dan DiDio has ex- exceeded that possibility. And we'll see. <sighs> it, it, oh, it, and we've talked about this before. Just like letting comics be fun and adventurous. They don't have to be dark or like FX television series and things like that. You know, you can have, there's room for that. But there should also be room just to have fun with a book. Now, looking at it, you could probably say Dan's having fun, but it's one thing to have fun with a book, but it's another thing to have fun at someone else's expense. Yeah. And that's why I say to you, brother, let it go. I can't. I can't do it. I won't. Let, let, let it let, let I it won't go. do it. You got to do it, sir. Nope. You got to do it. Because, nope. see, I like the idea of Alfred leading the outsiders. I think that's great. It gives Alfred uh, something to do. I think that's awesome. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. I'm down with that. I don't need Batman on the team. That that's fine. I'm good with that. Yeah, it's cool to switch up the team every now and then. But as you said before, this group has went is went through edi- like editorial wise, writing wise, it goes through shakeups at least once a year. They'll take it somewhere. I'm like, oh wait a minute, we're just going to do this now. They take it somewhere. Oh, we're just going to do this now. And it's right. such it's such a knee jerk reaction it, because of that. I haven't read an Outsiders book in possibly I don't know since like the early '90s. And even when they relaunched the book. When the first time they relaunched the book in the 2000s, 
Oh, with Nightwing and Arsenal yeah. and Jade. Yeah, I, that was cool. I was like, oh, this is going to be tight. And right when I was about to get into it, knee jerk. I was like, why? No need. And I walked and I walked away before I even before I even honestly gave it a shot. No, but dude, oh, those were good stories. You know who the first? Do you know who the villains were that they fought in the first arc? Who? Gorilla Grodd and the Joker. What, dude? Grodd took control of apes and sent them all throughout New York City. Well, that's all you had to say. Now I have to get that down. Oh, you know that's right. I have to get it. You know, apes and ninjas make any comic book better. I'll go back and take a look at that. But but back to my point, though, all these knee-jerk restarts, that type of stuff pushes me away from a book. You know, I'm not saying that you have to explain why you're, you're making these changes, but you can only do that so many times to, like, a lower-tier title and expect people to stay on. To exactly. read it. Stay on to exactly. read it. it. It's one thing, like, with Justice League, which, look, I'm one of the biggest Justice League, Justice League of America fans in the world. I always have been, okay, ever since I was a kid. Even with how the whole situation with Dwayne McDuffie not really being able to tell the, sto- tell the stories he wanted to tell and always being stuck within what's going on with, like, this event here or this event there. And now James Robinson has the book, and he's pretty much allowed to do anything he wants, but at the same time, the stories aren't really that entertaining. So, I, dude, I haven't bought a Justice League book in forever. And well, you know what's cool is they're doing the JLA-JSA crossover now. And the star heart came to Earth, and the original Green Lantern's acting all kooky. It actually is pretty cool. And But the thing of it is, is like uh, he's forming this team, but every time Robinson puts a member of the team or he has a member of the team all set up, they're like, no, you can't use them. I got to use them for this. That, that's another issue I kind of have with just with Justice League and period, or team books in general. This is what happens when you have too much continuity type stuff or events that are just tied up into other things. Sometimes just let that go and just... And just let people be able to tell their stories. Remember, you remember, like back then when Flash was on JLA. I'm talking about Wally West. Wally West Flash was on JLA, Titans in his own book, and somewhere else having four adventures at once. Did we ever question it? No. And well, that's it, like that's like Marvel now. Wolverine and Spider-Man are in every every other issue of every comic. Right. And just sometimes, you know, it's okay to not question it. Uh, sometimes we get so tied up in the continuity, I think it damages storytelling. So. Let that stuff go and just tell fun stories. Don't tell a story just to lead to an event. Tell a story that leads to another great story. And then that in itself becomes the event, not, right. not the event itself. So let, let the reader make their own timeline. Exactly. Then I can go enjoy an issue of Captain America where he does like a scissor kick and is reading Moby Dick while beating up Red Skull. <laughs> I, I don't mind. I, I got that issue. Stop it. <laughs> I'm sorry, but no, I, I keep interrupting you during your uh, during your um, outsider discussion. Is there anything else in that issue that either caught your eye or just made you go, huh? Um, the fact that it's messed up because Dan DiDio wants to be part of everything. He's like the kid that's hanging out on – he's looking through the fence at the playground, mm-hmm. and he wants, he wants to come in and play, but he, he can't, so he kind of plays outside, but he pretends like he's playing with the other kids. So the war of the Superman, all of a sudden, Eradicator falls to his knees, and he goes, oh! And they go, what's wrong? And he goes, I just felt the death of a million Kryptonians. And I was like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> Take your cool Modi shades and get the fuck out of my comic book. Did Obi-Wan show up? No. <laughs> and talk about Alderaan exploding? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. That's no moon. That, that's a space station. I don't know why I made Obi-Wan sound like Forrest Gump, but I, that's I, what happened right I, there. I don't know either. I, but I, <laughs> I, I just let you do it, Donnie. I just let Don't you question. Do no. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't question.
quick before I, before I get into to what I really want to talk to you about. I was reading on the internet yesterday, and granted, this is all just rumor, mind you. The f- the, the old t- television series Fraggle Rock um, by Jim Henson and a slew of others. The movie rights for that have been flopping from studio to studio to studio to studio to studio, and production company to production company or whatever. Well, currently, the Weinsteins have Fraggle Rock. And as we all know, ever since the Weinsteins left Miramax and formed their own company, the Weinstein Company, they haven't had you know, a strong slew of success financially. They've had some movies out there that may have profited after DVD sales and rentals, but as far as like box office smashes, they haven't really had anything yet. So they have Fraggle Rock, and I guess the current director of Fraggle Rock, granted, once again, rumor, I read this on the youbentmywookie.com, which is a pop culture and movie site. Supposedly, the current director has been, has, has been said that he's been, he turned in the script and he got the script back and the Weinsteins asked for Fraggle Rock to be more edgy. If this is true, this is all I'm going to say. It is fucking Fraggle Rock. You cannot make Fraggle Rock edgy, okay? It's, it's Fraggle Rock. And I'm sorry to get on like a blurred rant. Quit trying to make everything so damn dark. Just because it worked for the Dark Knight doesn't mean it's going to work for Fraggle Rock. Just because it worked for the Dark Knight doesn't mean that it's going to work for Shazam. Because when, they, when, when Warner Brothers was trying to put Shazam together, the producer said it needs to be more dark. Just because the Dark Knight made money. That's the Dark Knight. It's Batman, okay? It's Dark Knight. Dark Knight is not Shazam. Dark Knight is not Fraggle Rock, okay? I don't need like a major death scene <laughs> in Fraggle Rock. I just need Fraggles eating doozer buildings and like that, those troll creatures trying to catch Fraggles in the trash heap and the dog... And, and the old man and Uncle Traveling Matt. Okay? That's all it is. That's all it is. I got a pitch. <laughs> okay. I got it right now. Okay. I got the trailer. Ready? Talk to me. In a world where people try to build things, but they keep getting eaten, one creature has had enough. <laughs> Fraggle Rock won the Fraggle Doozer Wars. What is wrong with you? Dun, 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 dun. Dear nephew Gobo, the front line is hard, but we're trying to keep it. They're small, and they keep crawling underneath our line of defenses. The good news is everything they built, we eat, so therefore we're not hungry. But it's just hard, Uncle Traveling Matt. (laughs) And yet this is why they will not allow us in Hollywood. (laughs) Hey, do we have any more tweets? Um, As a matter of fact, we do. Nuggy99 from, from Twitter says, I don't have a shout out, but would like one. And then his hashtag says, self absorbed. <laughs> <laughs> so shout outs to Nuggy99. Thank you, brother. Do have a couple other things. Alec Berry, host of the Teenage, well, Teenage Wasteland podcast, uh, asks, How many hours a day do you guys dedicate to entertainment or consuming it? Is there a certain time of day you guys read or watch? So I'll throw that to you first, Donnie. Stuff I read. Usually, it's like right before I go to bed. I will literally jump in the bed and read comics for like two hours and then just pass out. Entertain like uh, TV or movies. It kind of depends on like what my schedule is. But like, trust me, man, if I hit Powerball, dude, I would be like uh, Malcolm McDowell in, in, in uh, Clockwork Orange. I just hook those little metal things under my eyeballs and just watch TV constantly and movies constantly. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Depends on my schedule, really. Yeah. But uh, how about you, sir? Well, for me, I'll put it to you like this. I probably have, honestly, um, about an hour to two hours in a week to read comics, if that. Sometimes I'll take a book with me to work and I'll read it during like a, like a, like a little 15 minute break or in between, you know, hopping from assignment to assignment. So I normally have between one to two, maybe three hours max to read, to read some comics. And then from there, as far as the rest of media goes, I'd say I probably have like a few hours in a week to like, you know, watch some TV or, or get caught up on an old, you know, DVD, like television series. If, if, you know, like some weekends, if I'm not too, too busy, the missus and I will go to a movie. And so I at least get to keep somewhat current on films. But as far as television goes, I'm always behind. But I'll be able to catch up on something like Modern Family with the missus and things like that. Or Justified, which is actually my favorite TV show. Which just, I have to see that, actually. Justified is a great television show. Great dialogue, just great stories. It's a good time. That's that series season one just ended. I think it's like thirteen episodes long. I think so. Good series, but I don't really have a lot of time to consume. But I, I I take what I can, and I also just do a lot of studying during breaks, like you know checking trends, like you know ratings, um, you know who's producing what, who's writing what, and that keeps me in the loop on things. You know stuff like uh, box office receipts when things are being released. So that kind of goes into the consumption as well as the study of entertainment in itself. So, so there you have it. And plus, I just got the um, the Netflix disc for the Wii. So look out. Nice. Oh, yeah. let me let me know how that is because we haven't got our disc yet. And because like we have Netflix, we have it on our PC, and we can just shoot it to our Blu-ray player, and it just plays the movies automatically. So, right, right. I'm curious to see how it works on a Wii. I'll let you know because I plan on watching a lot of crappy '80s and '90s television. I think that's fantastic. If Matt Houston is on there, you have to let me know. Well, actually, I'm going to start with the '70s. I'm looking for Rock for Files. Then we're going to go to Magnum PI. Nice. And then we're going to wind up ending with Cleopatra 2012 and um, uh, Pamela Anderson's VIP. All right. So <laughs> I, I had I had to get that Fraggle Rock thing off my chest because I know a lot of people know that like I'm a like a lot, I like a lot of this '80s stuff. And I know there are a ton of 80s remakes that are being turned into movies, and I don't like them all. People think I do, but I don't. But, you know, stuff like Fraggle Rock, the Smurfs movie, which I know it's just a teaser trailer, but it just looks so god-awful. Yeah, um, I haven't seen it yet, because I, I um, between you and Gabriel Hardman, <laughs> I have no desire now to see it. Man, it's just bad. It, it's, it's just one of those things where we, well, the producers have already said that it's supposed to be a trilogy. Strike oh, one. No. Strike one. Come on now, Smurfs. Really? I see nothing wrong with trying to expand on things and making things grow and flourish. But really, you got little blue dudes that live in a mushroom city in like olden times being chased by an old man who lives alone because he has issues with a smelly cat that wants to turn Smurfs into gold. I, it, or, or either eat them. I don't know. It's, you know and Johan and Pee Wee, that, that's pretty much it, okay? There's not that much to the Smurfs. But the whole premise of the movie is, is that while being chased by Gargamel, the Smurfs go through a portal which puts them in modern-time New York City. Of course it does. That is just bad. Didn't we learn from Beastmaster 3? Click. Mm. See? <laughs> so I'm serious, though. Beast it doesn't Master. exist. Yes, it does. It does not. <laughs> yes, it does. It does not. And Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was in it, too. Anyway. Don't you talk about James Avery. I'm, I'm not talking bad about James Avery. I'm Don't just you let, talk about James Avery. I'm People just, need a paycheck. Hey, man, I'm just letting you know he was in the movie. That's all I'm saying. 
not the Smurfs movie, but Beastmaster 3, where Beastmaster came to modern times. Just ridiculous. Mark Singer, you should be ashamed. Anyway, but hey, he needed Trust that. Me, he is. He needed that money too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he needed that check too. Yeah, it, those V royalties didn't work out for him. Go ahead. Hey, man, Michael Ironside is still asking for his V royalty check. What you talking about? Um, I just don't think that's a good premise. Every so many of these producers nowadays think that the best thing to do is let's make them, let's take them to hip in modern times, or make them hip in general. You don't have to do that. Sometimes the story is right there. And if you don't want to give, you know, any cash or, or, you know, or shout outs or, you know, appreciation to the original creators, so these producers or writers can make more money by putting their mark in the series or film or whatever, just quit making these things. And, yeah. at, and at the same time, some things I always say, who asked for this? Like a live action Marmaduke. Who really asked for that? Who? Owen Wilson. <laughs> Stop it. Um, but who asked for it, though? Oh, yes, the Chipmunks made money, okay? That's, That's why. The album, the Chipmunks thing made money. Even the sequel made money. So 20th Century Fox thinks, hey, we, let's just do more of this stuff. And they make Marmaduke, and Marmaduke kind of tanks first week. So hopefully a lesson is learned. But if the Smurfs make money, get ready for the Trollkins. Um, get ready for Biscuits. I'm talking about, uh, just get ready for all these old 80s cartoons that have, like, little characters to either get their own movies, TV series, or whatever. And I really wish <laughs> I, I'm for real, man. I really wish Hollywood would stop this trend. This this trend they've been doing it forever. I mean, even before we were born. Hey, this company just did this. This is hot right now. We need to copy. No, you don't. Go make your own shit. Okay, go make your own shit and make your own mark. Because this is getting old fast. Okay. Do you think they'll do a Manchichi movie? Uh, Manchichi's mean happiness. Um, in a world. <laughs> Sorry, so it's okay. <laughs> but don't put it, don't put it past them. Oh, I never would. I don't see, and the whole thing is, there's, there's new stuff out there which is actually entertaining, especially on the kids' tip. Now, granted, Planet Fifty One was straight whack, but Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs was very good. Um, there's a film coming out called Despicable Me, which looks very entertaining. That, that does look. I, I actually want to um, just call up my niece to take her to go see that. Yes. Just an excuse to go see it. So there is stuff that's out there. So you don't always have to go back to the 80s or the 70s. Hey, let's bring this back. You know what I mean? I, do I really need a remake of Car 54? Where are you? Really? No, I don't. So although they did remake that, he, please, they did remake that. Was it in the 90s they remade Car 54? Yeah, yeah. yeah. With, uh, what's his name from the, uh, from the New York Dolls? That dude there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dexter. Uh, no. Point X. What's the f- don't make me IMDb this. Oh, it's okay, dude. You don't have to, because nobody. You know needs- I do. <laughs> it's just, it's just. I, I'm not gonna. Thank you, and I and I appreciate that. I, I do. Let's ease up on this a little bit, and let's try to be a little bit more creative. No, hey, look, I like I said before, I love these eighty old school eighty cartoons. I would love to make them in the comic books and write new stories and have a lot of fun with it. For me, that's a little bit different than than cinema itself, but um. I just have some issues with a lot of this stuff right now. And then quit oversaturating the market. We're going to bring it back to the fun now. What, what else you got for me, sir? Well, actually, we could save it for next time because this is going to be a long discussion. I know you got something you've been dying to talk about. You're chomping at the bit. Oh, for okay, okay, okay. All right. Look, I've been dying to tell you about the greatness and overall just 
terrible, terrible, terrible. It's a, it's a terrible greatness. That's, that's <laughs> it. it's, a, it's a terrible greatness that I think everyone should watch at least once in their lifetime. That was my porno name. Go ahead. <laughs> but there's a DVD, uh, DVD set out called Saturday Morning Cartoons. It's actually a series of DVDs released by Warner Brothers. And they have a 1960s volume, a 1970s volume, I think one and two for both sets. And they just came out with the 1980s volume one. Oh, is that what they give you? It's like kind of like a sampler. You get a few cartoons from each. Yes. Like whatever is coming out. That Okay. All right. Yes. And I bought the volume one set. And the volume one set has a slew of uh, first episodes from a bunch of Ruby Spears, uh, Ruby Spears material, because Ruby Spears is under the, this stuff is under the Hanna-Barbera belt, as well as some Hanna-Barbera cartoons. One of these cartoons that I have to talk to you about today is the great Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. And let me tell you something about this cartoon. Oh boy. This is the best worst cartoon I've ever seen in my entire life. More people need to see this. This was made in 1986. It's been said that originally this was supposed to be a Saturday morning cartoon that was supposed to be on CBS. And when the executives for the Saturday morning cartoon uh, lineup on CBS saw it, I think it was a lady, I can't remember her name, but she hated everything, anything to do with action, violence, and superheroes. She just did not like this stuff. And I'm sorry I can't credit her name because I just don't have it in my, in my notes at this time. This woman hated superheroes so bad that the Superman, the Superman cartoon to uh, celebrate the anniversary of Superman in the 80s during the John Byrne revamp, mm-hmm. um, she made sure that that got put, it, put in the earliest time slot possible so nobody could watch it. <laughs> she had the Standards and Practices board go so hard on this cartoon. When Superman punched a robot, the Standards and Practices people went back to the producers of the cartoon and said, change this because robots have feelings. Oh, no, she didn't. Yes, she did. Anyway, well... This is what it's like when droids cry. (laughs) But anyway... That was for Daryl. Oh, no problem. All right, go ahead. But (laughs) supposedly, supposedly, when they viewed the uh, Chuck Norris Karate Commandos pilot, they said it was so violent and so out of line that it would never air on CBS ever. So five episodes were made, and Ruby Spears said, screw it, we're just going to syndicate it. And we're going to show it for five straight days, one time. And this also had a toy line, too. The whole purpose of the cartoon was for the toy line. So without further ado, I'm going to tell you of this episode of Chuck Norris' Karate Commandos that was on the Saturday Morning Cartoons DVD. The episode is called Deadly Dolphin. Okay? That's all, first off, that, that, if that doesn't get you hype, I don't know what does. And when the, when the intro music and opening credits start, they say the name Chuck Norris. And you see Chuck... <laughs> Like, you know, punching at the TV, you know, <laughs> and then it goes into like all these cutscenes from the cartoon. In the opening credits alone, the name Chuck Norris is said nine times. OK, so, you know, it's all about Chuck Norris. And you also learn more about a, about his team, too. He has Pepper, uh, the teenage girl who's kind of a ninja and kind of not um, read. <laughs> yeah. How could you be kind of a ninja and kind of not? I, it, when you watch it, you'll see, trust me. And then okay. you have, you have Reed who is Chuck Norris's teenage apprentice. You have, uh, Tabe, the sumo, the stereotypical sumo champion who loves to eat food. You have oh. short round junior. I mean, too much dude. This, this kid looks just like short round, he even has like the short round hat. And every, and, and every time he says something that's kind of too extreme, he says, Oh, 
oh, too much, too much. I'm like, really now? Can somebody kill this character? Shoot him, please, please. You you call him Dr. Norris. See, it, dude, it's that bad. I'm, I'm for real. I'm dead serious. And then there's Kimo, the samurai warrior who only speaks in smart smart dialogue like yoda but his dialogue is not as crisp as yoda's dialogue nor is it as keen um he says things such as it takes more than a pack of rats to bring down a tiger or sometimes to get rid of the cat the bird has to invite has to invite him inside his cage these are all no shit type (laughs) type quotes you know what i mean no shit type sayings i'm like dude we know that okay just speak english just just give me a regular sentence please it would be better if he had, like, something like that, but he had, like, Tourette's. Oh, dude, yeah. It would. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that would make for awesome. So after the opening credits, it opens up to, like, a live-action sequence of Chuck Norris in his personal gym doing some kung fu, and he does, like, this high kick, and then he turns to the, t- he turns to the camera, and Chuck's got, like, this red gi on with a black belt, and he's just got that Chuck Norris swagger. And, th- and this is what he says to the camera. This is what he says to the camera. And he's, and he's reading a teleprompter like nobody's business. You just see them eyes going back and forth. Sometimes the things we want most are the hardest to get. That means you have to be even more determined to succeed. But that's what it takes to be a winner. You have to want it bad enough to stick with it no matter how tough things get. And things got pretty tough for us down in Florida with the deadly dolphins. And then it cuts to the cartoon. <sighs> <laughs> Hey, man, I'm, I'm being dead serious. It cuts to the cartoon. Was What's her name? Christy Brinkley working out in the total gym in the background while he was making that big speech? I, I, was, I was trying to find her. I was trying to, <laughs> zo- I was trying to zoom in to see if she was around anywhere. But this was 1986. Oh, so, she was still living off that Billy Joel money. Yes, she was. Okay. So it starts off. They're somewhere on some type of coast somewhere because they don't specify. I don't know. It said Florida. So they're on the Florida coast. They're in like this like this um, boat. And there's a doctor that's, on, that's sitting on the... Um, on the on the uh, on a sand dune, with a computer, and he's telling um, Chuck Norris and his team to like take these dolphins down twenty feet, sixty feet, and do all this other stuff because they're doing some research. As as for why, I don't know, but it's Chuck Norris. He does what he wants to do. <laughs> I need to do research on these dolphins for my dojo. Yes, and so Doctor Sanford says, "Go and take these dolphins out here." Well, little do we know that the bad guys, an organization <laughs> called Claw, with a dude named Claw. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. It was Dr. Sanford? Dr. Sanford, yes. Did he talk like did he talk like Red Fox? No, he did not talk like Red Fox. <sighs> that would have made it really awesome. You big dummy, take the dolphins <laughs> down sixty feet. <laughs> Tag that dolphin, you big dummy. <laughs> but no. That little sumo kid's so ugly. Why'd you stick your face in some dough and make some gorilla cookies? <laughs> See, that would have made it even better. That would have made it even better. So anyway. So they're taking the dolphins down, right? And while all this is going down, the bad guys show up. There's a submarine which has this villainess by the name of Angelfish. And it, that's, the, that's the character's name. Uh, I'm, I'm not lying. And Angelfish, I guess, is like the baroness of this cartoon. But she has white hair, no glasses, and wears like a purple outfit. Because we are in the, in the age of neon ninjas. So everybody has to have bright clothing. And in this submarine, she gets a message from the Claw, who is like the leader of, of the Claw organization, okay? Is it the dude from Inspector Gadget? No, 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 no. Might as well be, though. But Claw has like this like black and red outfit with like a yellow star in the middle, and his right hand is a big mechanical gold claw. And his homeboy, or his, or his side man, is Super Ninja, who sounds like a constipated Cobra commander. And wow. He's, and he's got a purple, red, and yellow outfit. 
Once again, if you are a ninja, you are not allowed to have bright ass colors. Okay. But anyway, so like, so this claw dude tells Angelfish, "Hey, go kidnap the doctor because the doctor knows about this C lab that he helped build. Go get him." So while Chuck Norris and the Chuck Norris Karate Commandos are swimming with the dolphins, this sub okay, <laughs> this submarine shoots out these like uh, these rockets. That have like um, nin- like ninja commandos with laser guns. Yes, you heard me, ninja commandos with laser guns to the surface to go kidnap the doctor. So Chuck turns around. You know when they finally resurface, he turns the boat around. And they go back to go fight the ninjas and try to get the doctor, who eventually gets kidnapped anyway. Basically, long story short, what happens is they have to go save the doctor. And once they save the doctor, the bad guys have already taken over C-Lab. And the whole purpose of C-Lab, the C-Lab can create like massive waves of destruction that can, can, that can destroy lands and all this other stuff. They even demonstrate it, which is just terrible. What ends up happening is, is that Chuck Norris and the Karate Commandos end up saving the day. They end up stopping this machine and taking down the bad guys. This is the tally for Chuck. This is how powerful Chuck was in this episode, okay? He said this is how powerful he was. Okay, go okay. ahead. Okay, number of kicks to the face. This is, this is, these are Chuck Norris's action stats for this pilot episode of Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. He kicked three people in the face. He kicked eight people in the chest. He crashed through or threw people through windows uh, two times. His name was said at least 15 times if you count Chuck Norris or Boss. The Chuck Norris logo was in the cartoon. I lost count after 40. Um, he threw one dude into the ocean. He crashed through three doors and kicked down a door. And he had four costume changes. In, a, in, a, in an 11-minute cartoon. 22-minute cartoon, sir. Oh, 22 minutes. And he, and he also was able to stop, stop this tidal wave gener- generator with, like, electric power surge and his mustache. This no, is, he did not. Yes, not he, yes, how did he shut it off with his mustache? Stop yeah. making up shit. Man. Well, he just looked at it. And let me tell you something. This is the best, worst cartoon I have ever seen in my entire life. I cannot express how much fun I had watching this because it is so over the top and so damn ridiculous I must find the other four episodes. I have to find them. They're, they don't exist. I mean, someone has them somewhere. If anyone knows where I can find all five Chuck Norris Karate Commando episodes, I would be very appreciative because I have to see these. But this first episode is from the Saturday Morning Cartoons, the 1980s, Volume 1, which is out right now. And I'll talk to you as time goes along about some other thing, other cartoons that were on this DVD. But this also had a toy line. <laughs> With, and and he had a Chuck Norris car, and everybody had like two or three different costumes. I'm um, for real. Everybody had two or three different costumes, which were evident in the pilot episode. And not only that, what was funny was was that after the the doctor got kidnapped, they cut to like this big jumbo jet, right? And I think it's the Chuck Norris jumbo jet, and they're inside the jumbo jet talking to this dude that's on a stationary bike. There's this dude on a stationary bike with brown hair. You never see his face, and he's just on the stationary bike talking to Chuck and the team. And supposedly he's the director. The director of what? <laughs> I don't know. And why is he on a fucking stationary bike? Why wouldn't he be? It he's may- working out. But he's got Chuck Norris. His total gym didn't come yet. <laughs> <laughs> dude, no. On top of that, where when they had, when Chuck Norris and the sumo have to break into the sea lab to save the rest of the team that got kidnapped because they went to go take down the sea lab. Number one, when you're breaking into shit, you do not bring a sumo. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it gets better. It gets better. They use the dolphins. They wrap up the dolphins in these, like, scuba vests, and these scuba vests have, like, wire cutters, rope, and weapons. And they use the dolphins to not get detected by Angelfish and Super Ninja, because Super Ninja comes to, to the sea lab to say, you know what, I'm running this now. 
um, come on, bitch, you can go ahead and leave. Um, because Claw told me to. So, they, so, like, the cameras pick up the dolphins, right? And Chuck and the sumo, they're both each under a dolphin. And they're like, oh, it's just dolphins. Let them go. The dolphins have on fucking scuba jackets with gear on them. If that doesn't tell you that something is about to go down, I don't know what is. I'm like, these are the dumbest motherfuckers I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and <laughs> like, this is just bad. But what's funny is, what's funny is, is that at the end of the episode, at the end of the episode, it cuts, it cuts back to Chuck, okay? Live action Chuck in the red gi and the black belt. Mustache just all aglow. And he says, For a while there, things were pretty rough. But we won. We won because we didn't give up. If we had, the claw would still have sea lab. Now, I know you're not going to have to go against the claw, but the next time things get tough, you mess up on a test or lose the game, don't let it get you down. Don't give up, and you'll be a winner. See you next time. Anywhere in this episode, were there deadly dolphins? No. The dolphins helped Chuck and the team. How the fuck were they deadly? Can someone explain this to me? Shouldn't this have been called the Deadly Sea Lab or Underwater Danger? The episode was called The Deadly Dolphin, and the only thing the dolphins did were, were assist Chuck. So how were they deadly? I don't know. <sighs> but it was one of the greatest cartoons I ever watched. Dude, Chuck Norris took down three security guards. He had a staff. He, he ran toward the security guards, planted the staff, and did a spinning kick and kicked all three of them in the face. Wow. This is the greatest. This is one of the greatest, worst cartoons I've ever seen in my entire life. Just from this one cartoon? I have been able to connect it to Inspector Gadget, Sanford and Son, C-Lab, and because it took place in Florida, the Golden Girls. <laughs> and thank you for being a friend, sir. <laughs> I've been just dying to talk to you about this, man. Next time we, I talk to you about some of these cartoons, I may either tell, may either tell you about the uh, first episode of Mr. T and the T-Force. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm looking for that on Netflix. Okay. <laughs> or I'm, I may tell you about the pilot episode of Goldie Gold and Action Jack. So I'm going to save those for another time, sir. But no, I'm going to throw it back to you now. For, to me? Yeah. Well, I got my um, my Star Wars omnibus in the mail. Oh, for real? Yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. And Dark Horse is putting this out. It's all the old Marvel stuff. 25 bucks for 27 comics. Oh, that's nice, man. And it's in those those small little, you know how like the uh, Dark Horse omnibuses are? Like the di- digest mode? Mm-hmm. They're, they're a little bigger than a digest, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the first six issues, it's an adaption of Star Wars, but it's actually done from, I think, Lucas's original screenplay. So there's all kinds of weird shit in this, dude. Like, they have a scene with Jabba the Hutt in it, but Jabba the Hutt doesn't look like Jabba the Hutt because they had no idea what Jabba the Hutt was really going to look like. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he's all tall and skinny. Who who wrote and drew this? I'm going to go. It should be a Roy Thomas and Howard Chaykin, right? It is. And Howard Chaykin, man, wow. Like Chewbacca in one panel, he he looks like he looks like Bigfoot. In another panel, he looks like Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> in another panel, he looks like Chewbacca. In another panel, it's just like he has no Anyway, so yeah, they have I'm trying to find I'm actually trying to find the exact panel I'm talking about with Jabba the Hutt because okay, he just shot Greedo 
And Han shot first, by the way. Yeah, he looks like um, a yellow version of Walrus Man. Remember that dude? Yes. Yeah, he looks like him without the teeth, kinda. Okay. And he's got the he's got white hair growing out of his cheeks. That's oh, Jabba the Hutt. I, I see. I see. Actually, I had, I don't have the omnibus, but what I have is the first run Dark Horse reprints when they broke mm -hmm. it down to eight volumes, and it's from uh, Volume One a long time ago, Doom World. And I'm looking at, at that right now with Jabba. And, yeah, <laughs> this Jabba looks jukey. And there's a lot of scenes with Biggs in here, too. Yes, and a lot of those scenes, yeah, were cut from the film. They were on a CD-ROM collection. And then, uh, let's see, what else was different? Oh, and just my, uh, what do you call it? My uh, theory was correct that the guy who played Porkins yes. was... Uh, a relative of somebody who was making the movie because he didn't make it. Porkins <laughs> was not in the comic. And here's the weird thing, though, man, like, because they didn't really know, like I said, what was going on. And, like, Luke leaves to go and, like, blow up the Death Star. Mm -hmm. And Princess Leia is like, oh, I hope you come back. And she's kissing right on the lips, just, just making out his hands on her titty. And I mean, like, people, I know people in Alabama, parts of rural Mississippi are going, what's wrong with that? But um, for the rest of us, yes. but then there's the Han Solo story. You know what I'm talking about. Um, you're talking about, like, with issues seven and eight? Yes. Yeah. On um, those, Chaykin just did a little bit of co-plotting and, like, did a little bit of the art. But then, like, say, for yeah, instance. Tom, Tom Palmer uh, finished the art. Yeah, on issue eight, that was all Palmer. Issue seven, it was Frank Springer. But um, I take it you're just talking in general about issue number eight, though, right? Yes. And uh, what it is, a bunch of farmers are getting terrorized on this planet by these, these uh, I guess you'd call them space pirates or whatever. So they got on their team, they got a porcupine dude that doesn't carry a blaster. He just shoots his porcupine quills. Mm-hmm. There's Han and Chewbacca. There's some chick that uh, Han used to bang. There's a Jedi Knight who talks like Thor. Yeah. Then Don, you got the, the Don, Green Rabbit. Don Juan Quixote. <laughs> Don Juan Quixote was the was the Jedi. Don Juan Quixote. Yes. Then you got the Green Rabbit that eats meat. Don't call him a Don't call him a rodent, or yeah. he'll get mad. Yeah. Don't piss off Jackson with two X's. That's right. And then you got um, this other dude who's got like a robot. It's half robot and half like he's got like the tank wheels. Mm -hmm. And he just basically looks like Luke Skywalker light, the same kind of outfit and everything. So I guess farmers in the in the Lucasverse all wore the same outfit. Yes. Basically, it's just him getting getting everybody together. And uh, they're about to they meet the, the main pirate dude and the, and the kid tries to uh, tries to shoot him. And then the chick that Han used to sleep with, whose name is Amazia. Amazia, and she basically looks like a space hooker. Mm -hmm. So she hits, she knocks the kid over the head with a blaster to knock him out, and then the, the space pirate leaves, and that's how it ends. And and the issue nine. What's funny about issue nine is because continuity and all that stuff be damned. They're just like fuck. We're just gonna tell the story. That Don Juan Quixote dude. If you look at the first page of issue nine, now he's, he's got like, a lance. Yes, I'm like, what happened to the lightsaber? Yeah, he got a lance, an old school lance. Yes. This is space. <laughs> I have to admit, though, the Chaykin, uh, um, the Ch with Chaykin doing just like layouts and Palmer doing the finishes, the art is really nice. Yeah, it's getting better. Yeah, it gets better as each issue goes along. But I mean, I was kind of surprised at Chaykin. I mean, obviously, this was early. Well, no, it was it wasn't that. A lot of it was just that he was just under pressure to get a lot of this stuff done with the quickness. So that's why, like. 
the early Star Wars issues, like the first six issues, why they look so rushed is because he was rushed. And and so and then after that, it's kind of like when you look at the other issues where it's Chaken and somebody else, it's a lot smoother because see now Chaken doesn't have to feel his rush. He's like, look, here's the layouts. This is what I've done. You finish it up. And it all works out really smoothly. It's a real good look. Yeah, man. Dude, you're going to love reading those stories because there's so much stuff in there that makes absolutely, positively no damn sense. Yeah, there's there's some there's some issues. I look, I just just from the covers, I was like, yeah, this is this is this is going to be on Tales from the Attic. But uh, yeah, and and what's the name of the bad guy in this arc? Oh, I don't know. What is his name? Sergi X Argantis, and he looks like Qaddafi. That is wrong. But also right. Wait till you get to the story where um, they tell a story from uh, from Obi-Wan's past. Oh, boy. And what's really funny is wait till you see how they use the Force without understanding what the Force is. They have no idea what they're doing. But there's an episode, well, I shouldn't say episode, but issue, where um, Luke is pil- piloting a ship. Vader's after them or something. And Luke says he has to use the force. So then he just like starts, he closes his eyes and he starts squinting like he's just about to just like drop a big turd. <laughs> and like they cut to Vader and like Vader's just like losing it. You see like all these angry red lines come out from like his head or whatever. I'm like y'all don't under really understand what the force is yet, do you? Lucas didn't explain this to you, did he? He, he didn't even know. <laughs> so oh, yeah, that- I, that's just, I bet you that like the backstory over on Kenobi, he grew up as a kid in Brooklyn <laughs> playing stickball. No, man, dude, it, some of those stories are so ridiculous, but that's what makes it that's what makes it great. Because as we've said before, they did a lot of this without Lucas. Yeah, had to say yay or nay to it, but there were some things. Yeah, he put his foot down on, but other things they just let him run with. Because this has to fill the gap between Star Wars and Empire. This right. has to fill the gap between Empire and Return of the Jedi. Then afterwards, it's like, oh shit, what do we do now? There's a lot of fun stuff in there. When you get to like volume two or possibly volume three, there's a story about the Mandalorians, um, or they talk about the Boba Fett armor. That's oh, some, okay. That's some good stuff. That is some real good stuff. And it'll probably be volume two because if they're putting like 26 to 27 issues in there, it'd probably be two or three. Volume two or three. Well, so. I, I like the stuff in like the 60s. It was in between um, Empire and Return. Yeah, those are some good stories there. Yeah, with, with Lando and Chewie. They did some of their adventures and stuff. It was pretty cool. That was one of the cooler things about the Marvel Star Wars run in general is that after Empire, Lando had a real big role in that series. Mm-hmm. They did a lot with the character, which I thought was great and actually made me like the character even more after the Empire movie was done. So, yeah, I, I give them props. They did some silly stuff in that book, but still a real good fun read. So I would definitely, if you've got the time, you got the money, Go get that Star Wars omnibus. I don't think you'll be disappointed at all. And that concludes this week's PKD Black Box. The PKD Black Box is available via iTunes, or you can go to pkdmedia.com to get our show, check out our forum, and read comics like Mercury and the Murd, XO one the Rock Solid Steel Bots, Agents of Cult, and Luke Foster's The Gang from the Store, six days a week for free. And if you're on iTunes or our forum board, drop us a line or email us at blackbox at pkdmedia.com. Thanks again for listening. Until then, dream big and hustle hard. Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris, man of action. 
Chuck Norris stars in Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. Chuck Norris, he's got nerves of steel and strength to match. Chuck Norris with his team, Pepper. It's too dangerous, Chuck. What? Too much. Too much. Kimo, the Samurai Warrior. Reed, Chuck's teenage apprentice. Tabe, a sumo champion. With Chuck Norris, they battle the sinister forces of the Claw. Remember this. And the ruthless Super Ninja. I'll finish Norris. Chuck Norris stars in Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. <laughs>